bottle in front of the glass and the, the glass blowing display. Somebody's put a £50 note in. And Betty's trying to get it out now, telling her not I to. I am finding many ways in my brain how you to You're just thinking, if I get that £50 out, I can get so many bags of Skittles out of it. Do you think, if I ask them nicely, they'll make us a glass hook that I'm just going in like... <laughs> Have you ever You need to put a, some chewing gum on the end to get out the Hook the duck at the fair. Hook the duck? At the fair. Oh, yeah, yeah. Except for like the rich person be hooked the 50. Yeah, but you only win a goldfish and it dies after a week, if you're lucky. You've got to be careful, you'll get a reputation. Hiya! Hiya, she's Betty Ball. And he's Stevie B. And I'm a Macken. And I'm from South Shields. And this is Speak Up Sunderland. <laughs> now this is a podcast all about how the residents of Sunderland who live here now. And I'd like to do an episode, sit right there, about the National Glass Centre in Sunderland. Yeah. Oh, what a beatboxer I am. Uh, so this is the National Glass Centre episode. National. That's not three syllables in national, man. What is it then? National. No. See, this is the accent thing again. It is. It's not. Nas- it's not it's national. Not, well, it's not. It's not. Where's the extra e in national? Well, where's the t in yours? National. No, there's no t you say in there. You don't say nat you now. But you don't say national because there's no sh in there. Of course you. Eh. The first person we're going to meet today is Laura. So my name is Laura Reed, and I am marketing and communications coordinator at Sun and Culture. How far and wide do people come to here? Oh, obviously all over the country, but also all over the world as well. People come and visit. It's kind of a usual tourist stop for anyone who comes to the northeast to go to, you know, see Hayden's Wall or any of the other contemporary art buildings that we have in the northeast. Or they might also come and have a hands-on glassmaking experience. So we do offer different types of tours, and then we can also do tailored tours as well, depending on what you're looking for. So you're about to, to see a glass a glass blown d- demonstration. What are you most looking forward to seeing? I want to see the way the shape it and like how they use the different colours to make it different. And it yeah. can be like good anniversary presents. I think that's the main reason I'm here. Tour, 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 tour. You're a fun one, aren't you? Tour, tour. All right then. Oh, it's just starting. Then we're going to treat you to uh, a long neck vase made in uh, pinks and white. But it'll be an overlay of Ian and Ray will move around the hot shop. So they're going to pick up glass from one of these furnaces and then they'll be moving between um, the bench, the table, and the glory hall. So, where we are at the moment, this is a reheating chamber called the glory hole and it's a 1220 degrees scene here. I refuse to answer good. anything to do with that name. So I think it's going to introduce the air for the first time. He's brought down the tube, he's trapped the air in the tube. Shape it, add colour, add more glass and then they'll put it in a layer which will cool it down slowly over a 24 hour period so that it doesn't create too much stress on the glass so that it can slow down. You can see there where it's hot, thick, it's still about a thousand degrees. But here, it's only been a matter of seconds. This is now down to room temperature. That's how quickly it cools. So, below 500, it will crack. So, that's how we could go to watch it all the time. Oh, it was brilliant. Really, really informative. Yeah, yeah. And I think both my kids got an awful lot from it as well. They make it look so easy. They really do. But just having spoken to them, he's saying it's now a degree um, educational standard, so... Yeah, it's a shame it's a dying trade, but yeah, they produce some beautiful stuff here. So, so what course do you have to do to become a glass blower then? You can either do it as an apprenticeship, so if you wanted to become an apprentice glass blower, or we also, um, the University of Sunderland offer 
foundation degree and then you can specialise in glass and ceramics. So you can do um, a BA and then an, you can go out and do a master's and you can also do a PhD. And you can specialise in different areas of glass and ceramics because there's, there's not just glass blowing in this form. There's also flame work and infused glass, casting, lots of different types of glass making. They get to have a taste of everything during the, their time doing their degree and then they can choose which art form they prefer and which method of glass making and then they can specialise. But they can also mix mix them up as well. I would make something proper and appropriate mate. Yeah you would. I'd just make sure they were perfectly symmetrical though. Wait, I'll tell you what one of them furnaces has got. Oh, is it noisy? Let's go and ask Ray. Ray! You know how much I was dying not to laugh? Why is one of those furnaces called the Glory Hall? Well think about it. Why would you think? Because that's where the... That's where it all happens. Yeah. That's it. Without that you can't do anything. Mm. You can't be creative. You, <laughs> They're thinking of something completely different. Of course they are. <laughs> and that's why we get lots and lots of sniggers and laughs. <laughs> some, some of the commentators don't even mention that it's a glory wall. They just say a reheating chamber. <laughs> but it's been a, named as a glory wall for hundreds of years. Yeah. Without that, there's no glory. Where well, he is, that's a reheating chamber called the glory wall. And it's at 1220 degrees C. So it means we can melt the colours in very quickly. Also, we can heat the glass up as we work it, so that it's soft enough to manipulate. So that was one question we asked War Ray. I can't believe that you. <laughs> First thing we wanted to ask them. And watching you try to hold it in. <laughs> Too priceless. So Laura was telling us about how Sunderland National Glass Centre is part of the new Culture Company, a collection of cultural venues and organisations all united after Sunderland bid for the UK City of Culture 2021. We went in for the City of Culture bid for Sunderland and we, obviously we didn't get it, which was, which was sad, but do you think there's been a knock-on effect with that? Because I think what's come out of that is a huge amount of positivity from everybody. Do you think yeah, that's true? Absolutely. So Rebecca Ball, who was the director of um, Sunland 2021, is um, actually now part of the Sunland Culture team and is, you know, brilliant and fantastic. And, and there is the 2021 legacy and, and that is kind of a big driving force of what Sunland Culture is going to do moving forward. So 2021 was, was definitely a brilliant thing for us to take part in. And personally, as a resident of Sunland, I, I definitely think it got some some cogs turning and we didn't win but actually there's some fantastic things came out of it and it, it did just push us in that direction that we needed to just move forward and carry on moving forward and I think it was a really brilliant way to demonstrate that we could change and we could do things and we didn't really need to win it to prove that. You've got to think what this was years ago. This was It was apparently the, uh, the, the most important and busiest shipping area in, yeah. in the world. Well, at one point, all the Pyrex in the world was made in Sunderland, which which I think, you know, is really exciting as part of our heritage. When I, when you find things out like that, which, you know, when I started working here, you find stuff out like that more, and you just think, oh, that's really cool, I didn't know that. And it makes you proud to be part of Sunderland, to think that was part of our heritage. Mm. I and remember I, the, uh, the Pyrex factory, it was just off the Queen Alexander Bridge, I think. Yeah, further It was huge. Mm. It was a place where you never think we'd ever close, like the same when we had Vox Brewery. Mm. That'll never close, that'll never close. And then when they do, you think... Well, hang on a minute, <laughs> we've got a big gap here, but I think it's fantastic. I just think Sunderland's amazing in the sense that we achieve what we achieve with so little resource. There's not many of us that are, you know, working on these projects and we don't have a massive amount of, of financial funding either in comparison with other cities, especially within the region. And I think what we achieve without those additional support mechanisms is, is incredible. Do you think it demonstrates the sort of mental strength in the character that 
has always been here at Sunderland. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Shame you haven't got football team to match. So Ian's got the bubble cooling off now, and he uses experience to know just when and why not hot glass for the first time. The hot glass is in this furnace, which is at 1130 degrees. Getting hot in here. Fold your clothes over thousand degrees. I can't believe it's so hot. You hear at the glass end of the day, yeah? What's what's made you come down? Why have you come down? I was bored in the house. It was a nice weather and it's a nice walk along the where the marina it's a lovely nice place to visit. And we've just come here, I've never been here before. So, well, I have in the cafe, but I've never actually seen the bars being made, so it's quite interesting to see what we're going to do. I mean, there's a lady came this morning, and she said, I haven't been here before, but I'll be bringing everybody now. And she was pleased to know that she would say something different each time she comes as well. I think people are excited to find out that they can have a go as well, and that we do offer adults courses and family activities where people can come in and try all of the different glass mating techniques that we, that we offer here. It's good fun, yeah, people love it. astonishing to think that this is glass I know it's melted glass but how quick and easy it looks it's just it's amazing amazing to watch and sit and watch it but you've got to have good coordination good dexterity uh, good eyesight you know and you've got to have all these things wrapped together and also it's good if you're right-handed because everything's set up for right-handed working there's nothing set up for left-handed so you've got to again that comes from the industry you see me make a full piece there, but in the industry, you'd probably have the master sort of thing in the bench at the f finish it off. But you'd have two or three uh, below yeah. in a line. Mm -hmm. So they would all move around in a circle. So that's why they would get up and move right-handed. Because if one, one, somebody wants to go the other way, it just doesn't work. So that's why that bench is sit that way. If you're left-handed, obviously you'd have to adapt your right hand to do the shaping. Which we've had to adapt our left to, to control. When you open the furnace as well, I've noticed, even from four seats back at the front, you can feel the heat from it. It's immense. From either, either one. Um, my name's Noah. And your name? Iram. So you've just seen the, the demonstration now of the glass. What did, what did you think? I think that it was pretty amazing um, and they took their time a lot. I didn't think it would be that long to just make like a vase and yeah, I think it was really cool how they made it. Do you think it's uh, something that you, you could be interested in and maybe do yourself one day? Uh, no. <laughs> I think the best part was when was when um, they were blowing it because it, cause it started to um, go very big. He's brought down the tube, he's trapped the air in the tube with his thumb, the air travelled up the tube and when it hit the heat and expanded, I think after they put it like to freeze it, because we got to see like the whole like bars. This is the, this is the you know what makes us the glass centre. I think personally. The skill's just incredible and they just make it look so easy and it's the most it's the most difficult thing I've ever tried. So I think that gives you a new level of appreciation for what they're doing. It's lovely, especially when you see in the in the holidays when you see kids' faces when they're when they're doing things and it's just that like look of awe and it's they're really excited and enjoying it. It's lovely to see them, you know, seeing something that they've never seen before.
Just, just for the record, Betty's grumpy. I'm hungry. Standard. Oh, so you're grumpy and hungry. And I've just seen a glory hole that I can't put my hand in. That's <laughs> my other half. He's home for a month. All I've been is agitated, annoyed, and hungry. Hungry? Hungry and angry. Huh? How old are you? Rude. <laughs> Do you know you never ask a woman an age? Know, it applies to men too, right? Okay. Move on! So how come you've never heard of the word hungry? Okay, sit your derriere down, open your macamias and prepare for an education. Derriere? Bum. Derriere sounds like some kind of ice cream you buy. Stop! Just shut up and listen. Right, hungry. Split in two words. Hungry and angry. Take the H and have angry at the end. You get hungry. See, I really enjoyed the tour. It was, it was really informative. It was, it was red hot. But to see, the thing that got me is when at the beginning you see this tiny little square rectangular block of glass and it suddenly becomes this vase at the end. It's just incredible to, to see something. Probably the fourth or fifth time I've done it as well and every time it's... You never come across that it's repetitive. You never look bored. You must... No, and yet everything starts off the same way. You start off with your bubble and you build up on your bubble and it develops from there. So it all, each piece starts from the same beginning, you know, with a little bubble of glass could go wrong at any any point yeah they've all got different melting points so obviously the more colors you put in one's heating up quicker than the other and reacting differently mm. so that's exactly what we're saying even though we know what we're doing there's still yeah, a little bit still, of a surprise still things can uh, mm. go wrong i mean you can go to ikea not ikea, well, IKEA and uh, what they call the other place take max, max and you can buy there. a piece of glass which serves a purpose and, and it's cheap as chips it's not the same though, is it? It isn't, but not a lot of people understand glass until they come here and say mm. how it's made. And it's only then when they start to appreciate what's gone into a vase, like what you've just seen there now. Lots of people come and say, God, oh, I didn't realise how much was involved to create that particular piece. To make it cheaper, you, you would lose the magic of it all because you would have a production system where you would have a, a rolling conveyor belt of one man gathers the first bit, then the next gather, he puts the colour on, and each man would do a little bit till he got to the glass bit, it would finish it off. So that wouldn't look as impressive. interesting, as impressive as how it does look in the way we do it. Good, it's different. You can get things that aren't really one of a kind, isn't it? Like all the stuff that they get made, and it's not the same. So. They never make two things the same, do they? So quite well, we were speaking to some some people outside, and uh, they, they love the fact that it's, it isn't a mass-made product; it's something that's unique. Yeah. Uh, and the people who've been watching the demonstration as well, it's yeah. What they also like is to actually buy that piece because they've seen it made. So we sell lots and lots of pieces simply because they've seen it made. So we gear it up whereby we've got our. Um, information sheets to take uh, names and details of people who want to buy the piece because obviously you can't get it on the day that it was made because it's got to be annealed so you've got to come back a couple of days later to pick it up so we sell quite a lot of our pieces slowly because they've seen it made. Is any of you looking to, to maybe buy something while you're here as well is that one of the reasons you come down? Yeah, yeah just have a little look. Well Rachel you bought one last year for your friend didn't you for our wedding present? Yeah. It was lovely. Oh. Still in our front room. Mm. What reaction did they get when you gave it to them as a present? No, she liked it. Obviously, it's something different, um, and it went with our colour deco of our sitting room, so it added something. Not um, the average present you would usually no, yeah, get. yeah, something different. And like we said before, it's not really the same as it as something else. Like I think it even says on the bottom that obviously where it's made and things, and obviously you can keep it for years and years. So pass on to somebody. I think what one of you said as well is it's it's something that you well it's one you can see it being made here yeah but it's not a reproduction of something yeah, it's, it's totally if they do another one 
with the same colours in, it's not going to look anywhere near the same, is it? So. Yeah, I think as well, you watch them, and obviously all the colours are different. It could, whatever they kind of choose in that moment makes it different from the one they made half an hour ago. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and then you'll hear the jury accent, you'll be like, oh God. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did ask the question to them, I said, why, why would you choose to buy something? Well, I said, would you be buying something here? They said, yeah. I said, well, what reason would you do it? Because this is really special. We give it to like anniversaries or do them for weddings or things like that. Yeah, people like to have something different. We create something different every time we make something. And then after the glass blowing demo was over, we talked more with Ian and Ray about how they go into glass making and why it's important for the city. If you've got any questions, please come on up front and ask. But before, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank My name's Ray Sanis and uh, basically I'm a, a glassmaker at the centre but also uh, I'm a cold worker as well. So uh, I've got a lot of variation to the, my role. My name is Ian Spence and I'm a glassmaker at the National Glass Centre. Ian should go first because he's been in forever. How long is forever? Well, I mean, I've had a little spell of unemployment but if it had been continuous, um, 46 years. Oh. How many things have you blown? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Sweden's so been doing it since I was 15 year old. I started at a place not far from here, obviously it's no longer here now, Hartley Woods, which used to produce stained glass windows. So I used to blow the sheets of glass. They used to be blown into big cylinders, and then they would be cut with a glass cutter when it was cold, reheated and flattened out. And then the stained glass artists would come along and choose whatever colours and lead them all together. So there's glass everywhere in the country, well, possibly. It's, it's there's a lot of places worldwide. in the world, worldwide. I mean, there's a piece of Hartley wood glass all right. over the world. Mm. Australia, America, yeah. prestigious buildings. They exported, yeah. as he says, all over the world. And this was built. This building was built on it, on the reputation, because of other glass industries in Sunderland as well, i.e. Corns and all the previous bottle factories and things. So what made you, what was the spot that got you interested in glass and glass blown then? Well, me personally, it was pure chance. When I left school, I was going to be a joiner, and it was a friend of mine that was a year older than me that was already in it. So when I actually was a temporary basis, which I thought at the time, until I got a joint apprenticeship, and then when I seen it, I just loved it, so I just continued. So do you think glass blowing in Sunderland is a big key feature of the community? Well, it has been in the past. It has past. been in the past, definitely. I mean, obviously, again, it's like the, any industry, the mines, the shipyards, everything, they've had a massive decline. But uh, hopefully now the, the university, they're playing a big part in it, doing a lot of degrees with students and things. They're the, you know, the, the next generation. Because it is such an, I would say, uh, old school skill, it's not a job that you hear every single day, like you'd hear a doctor, a policeman, mm. a fireman, a blah, 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 blah. You would never hear glass blower. You would have 20, 30 years yeah. ago yeah. when but we had 3,000 people working at Corning, you know, yeah. for a start, and however many at uh, Hartley Woods. Around the area, you had Lemington, Abrahams, Thompsons. There was lots and lots of glassmakers in the area, and the university got involved when industry went into decline. Now people are saying, oh, they don't really it anymore but it was something, you know, it was a skill and people wanted to do that. Unfortunately, now, there's still people want to do it. That's why they're taking up these degree courses and the likes. And we are fortunate to be able to work with the, the new students who are interested to develop their skills. It's so, becoming more of an art form now as opposed to the industry. Mm-hmm. So, that, so it's yeah. a, you know... It's, it's not a, production um, work anymore. Aye, it's a it's uh, combination a of all, class, yeah. all mm-hmm. skills 
with the new. People normally think prestigious places like this are normally like the capital being London. Yeah. So how do you feel that this is right in Sunderland, it's the National Glass Centre? Well, it's not exactly the National Glass Centre. It's National Glass Centre. That's because we sell glass from all over the world here. But people do see us as the National Glass Centre. So we're not going to just change their minds. <laughs> no, but I mean, again, it's, it's because of the history of Sunderland, which is why it is here. I mean, there was a massive debate on where this was getting built because they did want it down Stowbridge, Birmingham. In the, <laughs> no, but that's, that was the, yeah. Yeah, that was the, the discussion because obviously there's a lot of crystal factories down there. But we won it because of the heritage. Might not be the National Glass Centre, but it's our National Glass Centre. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Come on, man, our National Glass Centre. Ah! Yeah, I love these tools too. Obviously, it's coming up to Christmas, so your glass baubles are going to be coming out. Is there anything else we can look well, forward to? We've got to? time for anything else. Well, it's, the one <laughs> no, before still, that'll be uh, we'll Halloween. With the, with the pumpkins so it'll be pumpkins. Pumpkins first. Pumpkins? Yeah, pumpkins. Oh, do you make like glass pumpkins? Oh, oh my yeah. God, we have to come back. That <laughs> yeah, looks so that's, cool. Available uh, to book online from September. <laughs> <laughs> so when September people are already ringing up to book yeah we have and a waiting list you know, every year we have, we have to have a waiting list and people so popular yeah it becomes a tradition for people as well we see that's the right. same people coming back yeah, right. every year and they say you know we want to make our bauble and add it to our collection on our tree and they've been doing it six or seven years and it's seems to be a lovely family like feel at the glass centre because it's the national glass centre people mm. think it's going to be massive and there's going to be lots of turnovers of staff but it's actually really nice. It seemed like a very close-knit uh, group. That's, that's a great. connection, though, because I think the history that's in Sunderland, everybody knows somebody's either been to park, like sort of Cornyns, or... That's what Sunderland's like in any way. <laughs> These are all connected somehow. <laughs> Where are you from? South Shields. South Shields. She doesn't come. Oh, it's a bit warm, isn't it? It was red hot in there. I mean, it's a bit hot here today anyway, but well, that was hot in there. Oh, the breeze is lovely. <laughs> Best thing of that, though, glory hole. <laughs> Do you know? Oh, when he said it, I thought, oh, no, but he's going to say something, man. <laughs> How old am I, man? You wouldn't think I was 26. Do you notice when we asked him the question at the end, though, he was like, oh, I knew you were going to ask us that. And he tried to keep a serious face, and then he didn't. What goes in must come out. <laughs> <laughs> and you're really hungry now. How can you I even am... talk about that when he's, like, mega hungry? Oh, the view! Ah, it's kind of There's loads of seagulls and I was, I was just dogs that I quite like. To, to Laura, this is right now, if you were here years ago, 50 years ago maybe, it was absolutely heaven because it was the world's biggest port. shipmaker port and it was rammed. Why did from... it stop again? Got bombed. Oh, I can give you some good answers for yeah. that one. <laughs> it got bombed and then uh, was it Margaret Thatcher decided to just go. Uh, you'll probably find if you ask down. anybody within the, the, the northeast, particularly in Sun, they'll blame Thatcher for it, which two sides to every story, I suppose. But um, she certainly halted shipmaking. Well, it hasn't really stopped it that much. I mean, if you look at it, it's still going, it's still at it. Well, you can hear the port behind us anyway, that, that's quite busy. Every time you come down there, you'll always see a, a shipping port and it's offloading whatever cargo it's got. The port itself has got one of the biggest storage areas down there as well. We had just a week ago, a week and a half ago, we had the tall ship, so it was littered with the ships down here. Um, so it's lovely. It's a lovely place. So for not being as grand and as big as what it used to be, it is still getting used, but not to the extent that it used to. But it's it still is here. It still, it still stinks, though. <laughs> what does it stink of? Dorty mackums, that's what these are. Dorty mackums. Dorty. See, I'm going to hire in the water. Please don't.
not really fancy, Stevie. <laughs> Fish and chips. Why? I don't know, I just feel like I really want you know fish and chips. Do you know what Every time we've got a microphone, you're always hungry for something. But they are. I was going to offer you to buy fish and chips and... You were going to offer me, you were going to offer me to buy fish now. and chips. How is that an offer? You're going to offer I said, me to I buy. I really fancy fish and chips and I was going to buy fish and chips and oh, now you, I don't want right, any. Right, did you say that? Well, oh, I offered to buy. I offered to buy. Oh, I didn't hear the two of it. Oh, God. That's nice. Is, is this like a little Geordie corn talk shenanigans? I'm back on me, I'm back on Slimming World actually, I can't. Um, I love his right, we're going fish and chips, bro. Let's get some nosh. So what are we up to next week, Betty? Eee, well, you know the rogue up here that is just open to the public tours. Aye. Well, producer Jay has booked us on one. Eee, has he? Aye. Isn't he a canny little egg? And if I remember <sighs> rightly, you're kind of a bit of afraid of um, tunnels and claustrophobia um, and black and uh, things. Is it really narrow? Depends who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, everything's in the gutter with you, like, isn't it? Which is quite appropriate if we're going into a tunnel, isn't it's it? it's a tunnel. And I won't be able to run anywhere because there's no doors, because it's a tunnel. Excellent. And pretty soon we're going to be doing our very first question and answer episode of the podcast. So if you want to get to know us a little more, shoot us a question via our social media. Dear Betty, why are you so hyper all the time? Dear Stevie, why are you so bald? <laughs> How do you get away with, with not wearing sun cream? I actually carry sun cream in the car. Aye. Last thing I saw in your car was Code Red. That was your aftershave. You actually showed us it with pride. You're like, look, this is my Code Red. Oh, was it called Code? I don't know. Oh, my God. It was just Jeep, so I picked it up in the shop somewhere. Lovely. So, Betty, how can people get in touch? Well, we've got a Facebook just search for Speak Up Sunderland. And a Twitter as well. We are Speak Up Sun. Roll call. Thanks to Laura Reid, Marketing and Communications Coordinator. Thanks to Ray Sellers and Ian Spence, the glass makers at the National Glass Centre. And producer Jay. Ah, yeah. oh, the cement in between two bricks. Thorn between two roses. We didn't get the names of most of the glass-blown audience. But we did get the names of the two kids, bless them, Noah and Aram. See you next week. Next week. Bye-bye now. Tralo. See ya. So long. Farewell. Wouldn't want to be ya. Oh, my ears!